I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And welcome to The Tim's Take, episode 17. I don't know if this is something that all podcasts get to 17 episodes in, but we were just, you know, trying to simplify the sound environment here to kind of increase our quality. We turned off the dryer. The air isn't running. Oliver's gone to bed, we hope, for a nap. Then we realized the dishwasher's running. And we just said, yeah, you know what? They probably can't hear that. It's part of the uh, environment of a parenting podcast, I feel like, to have some of these pieces just needing to be done. Because when else are you going to clean them? Yeah, it's a valid point. It is part of our experience. And maybe, as you'll hear in this episode, I think, we'll just map well to life this week. Which brings us to our format. I'm a very meta person, and I'm a very structured person, and I always like to have a clear structure. Historically... We have either done highs, lows, and takes, or we have done something of note, a Tim's take, and then finally, I'm not just a parent. This week was so full of things that were all over the map that I wasn't sure that we could actually get a clear structure. So I think we're just going to kind of talk about the week a little bit. Yeah, some try bits to and fit pieces. it into some of these things. And there were we'll, lots of lows. Yeah, and then we will have a Tim's take. How's that sound? Sounds great. All right. Do you want to lead us off? Because you said you had a high. I feel like maybe we need to start on a good note. I can lead us off with a high. Great. So last night, our church had a fall festival, which this year was a drive-through edition. Can I just pause you right there? Sure. This is, of this week, such an obvious high. Yeah. And I was sitting here prepping for the episode. I could not think of a high. I know. And I thought this was such a great part of the week. Wow. Yep, it was. That just tells you, I think, a little bit about where my headspace is. Carry on, because this was totally a high. I'm 100% with you. So normally we do a normal fall festival kind of trunk-or-treat version at our church. But because of COVID, we did it as a drive-through. So we still had trunks that people decorated, us including. And they were spaced out from each other, so we didn't come into contact with other people. And then other people got in their cars and drove through. It was unclear who was the parade. Was it the cars that were stationary? Or was it the car driving through? And different cars seemed to approach it differently. Some people were waving at us as if they were the parade float. Right, and had dressed up themselves. And had dressed up themselves. And then clearly in some other cars, we were the ones waving. We were the spectacle, but anyway. It was pretty fun. But my high was that we dressed up Oliver for his very first Halloween. Mm-hmm. Our theme for our car was French Cafe because Oliver's alter ego is Olivier. Monsieur Olivier. And Matt is reworking on his French. Oui. And doing that with Oliver, which is kind of fun. So we thought, what a great obvious theme for us to do. So Matt did a beautifully artistic rendition of the Eiffel Tower. Yes. And I just want to say that's actually not too sarcastic of a statement because I was actually very proud of it. It was quite... It's not sarcastic. It was quite artistic. We had some baguettes. We had a... Our picnic table, you know, plastic cups and plates, had this whole set up, twinkly lights, French music playing through the speaker, and Oliver, our secret weapon, was dressed up in a black and white pajama kind of jumpsuit thing with a red bib, so he looked like a Frenchman, sitting either in the bouncer, in the trunk of our SUV with this whole setup, or we were holding him. And it was just so fun and sweet, and he did great. Yeah. We, I ended up taking him home a little early, but for the most part, he was awesome. 
and it's just a high one that we got to do it he looked great it was fun to show him off two that we have still multiple years ahead of us where we get to pick our kids halloween outfit (laughs) and i love that control I don't know how many how many years do you it can't be that many though yeah i was talking to my coworker. she has a daughter who's three and she said this was the first year that she had opinions about what she was gonna wear for halloween so i just want to do the math with you that would be one more year or no, two more years two more think. years okay because it would be two in two halloweens yeah gotcha and then by then we can you know build into him this desire for a family costume oh is which that a thing he then doing? participates in okay that was my high. Do you think, we've never done this before with listeners to the podcast, but is this the time to link in the show notes to a picture from this event of Oliver in the back of the car? Oh, yes. Because, I mean, this is one of the best pictures we've taken of him thus far. Yeah. Okay. We're going to link to that photo. He's not smiling or anything, but you'll see him in what we called Chez Olivier. There's a little sign that you won't see in the picture that said Bienvenue a Chez Olivier because it was his restaurant and we were his waiters. We're not in the image either, but... You get the idea. And you'll see my very artistic Eiffel Tower in the background. Cool. That was good. Shall we now just delve down to the depths? Yeah. Now we can go into story time. Let's start with the more comedic version that happened last Sunday, which as soon as it happened, we knew this was going to be my low for this week's episode of the podcast. Right? Yeah. And then Thursday happened. Then Thursday happened. We'll get to Thursday. So we were leaving my parents' home. And we're going out, and it was a Sunday, so we'd had two cars because we'd been at church that morning. And it's important that you know, since Rachel and I switch cars often now, we each have keys to each car on our key ring. But unfortunately, on the Corolla, only one set of keys remote action works. So with the ones on my key ring, I have to manually open the door. So I open the door. I I think popped the trunk because we had some stuff to put in there. We put Oliver in. Put Oliver in. And then Rachel says, oh, you, remember, we have two cars. You have to take the other car. And I'm like, oh, right. You're right. At which point I, I feel for my pocket where the keys would be. And I think I don't have the keys. At which point I think I must not have brought them out. Which you, listener, I know in me recounting the story can already probably tell me exactly where the car keys have gone based on the preconditions and the setup of the story. But the seven people plus Oliver who were there could not figure this out. Well, in the extended family's defense, they did not know about the key situation that I couldn't open remotely. Otherwise, I think they might have worked it out much more quickly. I feel like I used to be very good at keeping track of multiple things, and I'm losing that ability or there's just so many things to keep track of yeah there's not space i think that's maybe more it you're grabbing his diaper bag his bouncer did we grab the pacifiers did we grab his favorite toy did you know the list goes on so your brain loses capacity tracking lots of stuff so anyway it becomes a massive search we're all trying to work out you know did it fall out of my pocket when i was on the couch there's only so many places in this house i'd been that day we cannot find them finally were you outside when this happened? No. We just hear that they found the keys. My youngest brother, Joel, had gone to close the front door that I'd left open. And where are the keys? They are in the keyhole for the front door to unlock it. Unlock the car. Basically, I'd gotten so distracted in the ensuing moments. And I, I still haven't quite worked out what to do. That we just, we spent 
15 minutes? Oh, yeah, at least. And now we were leaving kind of expeditedly because Oliver, Oliver was, was declaring it was bedtime. Yeah, he wasn't happy. So it was this whole ordeal that was delayed because the keys were already in the car. I was very embarrassed and justifiably so, but also I'm not used to losing things like that. It was it was a low moment for you. Yeah, it was a low. So that was one low. But that, you know, kind of funny, haha ending. Thursday. Can I skip to the ending? Yes. We don't need to detail it all out. But it was a rough week all around. Both Matt and I had kind of stressful job weeks. Yeah. Just some tricky situations. Some hard things this week. Let me say, we'll give you a few more details. But you know a night did not go great when both of us say... Let's just blanket apologize. Actually, I don't know that we even did that. We'll just say blanket grace for the last couple hours. No apologies necessary. We're both moving on. It was like not even worth detailing out how many things we would have had to apologize to each other about because there were many. Oh, my gosh. It was such a mess. The Oliver related details, Rachel, I think only you can explain. Well, I mean, <laughs> so the biggest things, Matt. It's an unfair setup. The biggest thing with Oliver that night was that it had been over a week since he had pooped. And we had had some issues with this before. He had started not going for longer periods of time. So we had emailed the pediatrician a couple of weeks ago and asked, you know, is this normal? And she said, it could be normal. He could just be metabolizing a lot of the milk. But if he goes over eight days, contact us. So at this point, it had been nine days. Mm -hmm. So we contact the doctor and they're like, yeah, you kind of need to get this taken care of. So we recommend using a suppository, which before this, before postpartum, anything, I had no idea what a suppository was. And praise God for that grace. Praise God for that grace. You can look it up. I will not describe it on this podcast in case you have young listening ears. (laughs) It's just medication delivered creatively through a different end of your body sure that's a great way of describing it and so we have to buy this thing so we i go out and buy it earlier at target but it is as new parents you're just nervous about anything new and yes that's very well said we're reading the instructions the pediatrician had also sent along some instructions but she left out if it could be a liquid version of what she suggested. And the only thing I could find at Target was a liquid version. And so as new parents. Specific, really, this was me. Specifically I was, as a new dad. <laughs> I was anxious about this because I was like, man, medication. I mean, I'm all for medication. I got no problems against medication. But you just want to you know just, what you're doing. I knew that we weren't supposed to give them a full dose. And then on the box, it says consult with your doctor. So when it says don't use unless you consult it with your doctor, you just get more nervous, more nervous than I needed to be. But So he wanted to call the pediatrician and make sure, verify that this was the right kind of suppository. Right. So we call them, but the doctor that we had talked to earlier, the nurse was out. And so she's like, I'll have them call you back when they're back in the office. So now we're waiting. But in between this, we are trying to put all of it down for a nap. Matt and I have now booked an appointment to go look at a house because we're in the middle of house hunting. Yeah, that's very key because suddenly we've got this strange time crunch happening in the afternoon because we don't want to give them a suppository right before we're going to go look at a house. Because it can take, on the box it says, anywhere between 15 minutes and an hour. Except the doctor except the doctor has said, let us know if it doesn't happen within 24 hours. So it can be that long, apparently. <laughs> And so we've now booked his appointment to the house. We're just like, okay, we'll give him the suppository when we get back. 
Yeah. We go see the house and then we go see another house. But it turns out we really like the first house. So now we need to do some more steps that are going to take a little bit. They're trying to put an offer in. Oliver is trying to be patient. He's doing, you know, pretty calm at this point. But then we kind of hit his bedtime. So we're like, oh boy, we have to come back. So now he's very tired and we now have to do the suppository on him. And he. Well, and this. Yeah, I mean, you're skipping to when we got home, but this also included a car ride in which he screamed all the way home. Yes. In which we had to switch drivers because I had to deal with a work thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Partway through. I forgot we had to pull over on the side of the road. I now have to be driving. I can't. Yeah. I'm on the phone and I'm having trouble hearing because I've got Oliver screaming. Rachel's like, can you just like talk to him? <laughs> oh, my goodness. It was it was an awful drive. It was bad. Then we get home and now we still have to do the suppository. So this is before this. Now he's already very upset. Now we have to do this thing. He's wailing, understandably so. And it's, I mean, it's just brutal. I'm crying over him as he's crying. I don't it, do well when Rachel starts crying. Oh, it was just, it was awful. And then 50 minutes later, less than 50 minutes later, five minutes later. Yeah, it was quick. The suppository was successful. Mission completed. But at this point, this is just now one because we've decided that we want to put an offer in on one of the homes we've done. So now this is actually just one of a series of things that are happening in the night. It's not it, the way that Rachel just told it. It sounded like, oh, the culmination, the evening has been successful. No, no, no. There's still a bunch of things that have to happen. We still have to have bedtime for him. We have to then write a letter to be convincing as we put an offer on this house. All sorts of things. All things that are very high intensity, stressful. Yes. High intensity. We were not our best selves. Oh, man. No, we weren't. I don't know that there's anything to add other no. than to just say that. We were just destroyed. And I think we're still having a bit of an emotional hangover from that evening. And from this week. This was on Wednesday that I told Rachel, I feel like this week has hit me with a two by four. <laughs> that, that was, was before. Wednesday. The story we just told was Thursday. Oh, man. What a week. It was one of the hardest weeks we've had in a really long time. Yeah, that's true. Let's move on to takes. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Well, my take is just going to summarize some of this. That's great. So Mine kind of does, too. Okay. So, How could we talk about anything else? Yeah. I mean, this week was hard. It was all of that. Matt's brother and sister-in-law were in town, which was wonderful to see them. <laughs> which was really hard. <laughs> no, which was wonderful to see them. But Oliver was out of routine. So yeah. He was fussier than normal. We tried to go to Apple Hill, which was supposed to be like this fun outing. And it was. And my sister-in-law graciously reminded me that Matt and I were feeling the stress of Oliver being fussy more than anyone else because other people just like, oh, he's a baby. Like they let that roll off their backs for the most part and that was very kind probably secretly seething probably secretly seething or glad it wasn't them but it was just a lot and so i have been saving this mentioning this blog post for a little while and this seemed appropriate this week because he kind of has hit this almost four month point where he he really loves a routine and it's hard Mm. to deviate him away from that so this is from uh, my favorite blog crush lady who I have maybe mentioned before. You really should say her actual name so if people want to read her blog. I mean, we will link to it. Her name is Hannah. Okay. I don't know her last name. Oh. The blog is called The Art in Life. There we go. But she has three kids. And so this is when 
she had her first son. And so very similar experience. I think this is about four or five months in. And she writes this post about how the first couple of months were really great because she describes him as a potted plant that you could kind of set him places. He wasn't moving. You know, he'd be pretty chill. It was very easy to like go about your normal life kind of with this baby. But as they get older, as they get more into a routine, they have a set bedtime, they have naps, you know, all these things. It gets harder and harder to kind of figure out how you're going to continue your life. And she has this paragraph that I'll just read because I think it's the best. She says, Because the truth is we all want to be the cool people with babies, the hipsters whose lives aren't disrupted in the slightest by the tiny human that they are sustaining. We want to be praised for our flexibility, for the way that we haven't changed at all since having a baby. We want to be people who talk about how easy our kids are, how we aren't those parents who make life revolve around their children. We want to just add a baby into our photos, our funny stories, our flawless Instagram feeds, and ignore the inconvenient reality that raising these little people involves a total reconstructing of our lives. Parenting demands that recognition that life is different now and that raising these little people will change everything. You can fight it or you can embrace it. That just hits home for me this week and other weeks, but especially this week Mm. is that I think I've fought that for a long time and I'm learning to just embrace it. That babies are inconvenient. I'm fighting it. (laughs) That is a very good paragraph. That's, I'm sure the rest of the blog post is worth reading as well. It definitely is. So we'll link to that in the show Man, notes. yeah, that's a lot. It's quite a bit to grapple with. But yeah, I think you're right. This past week has been maybe the first time where we've really felt, oh, we were doing different things with you. And it was a lengthy recovery period. Yeah. We, we paid the cost of disrupting some of his normal things. And sometimes it's worth it. And she yeah. talks about it in the blog post. But it's not worth it all the time anymore. Wow. What a thing to just drop in episode 17. That's probably the episode title. What's your take? That's a good take. My take is a theme that listeners might've noticed is that I've grown more compassionate towards people, mostly probably towards parents over these episodes. And this one is about people who having a kid really creates marital challenge because i think our experience to date has often been positive it's brought us together rather than driven us apart but this week the thursday night which we will never speak of again but have spoken of at length here that thursday night i think we had the experience where both of us were like at way less than 50 percent yeah like we were probably both running at about 15 to 20 percent and when you put two people at 15 to 20% and a baby who is also screaming and trying to drag you down to the low 5% range. It's, it's so hard to have grace for each other in that moment and to not be snappy and not be just mean unnecessarily. Right. And Rachel's nodding. I just want listeners to know it's a mutual thing. It wasn't just me. being Definitely was not. This is a human thing. When you're that stressed, it's cathartic to, hit someone low which is such a bizarre thing we're supposed to be on the same team and i think the next morning i said something like i don't want to ruin your life or like everything just gets ratcheted up yeah to to 11 when you're in these modes right 
And so there's a couple of things as I reflect on this. One is what a gift to have a parenting partner, period. But what a gift to have a parenting partner who is often in a complementary sort of energy level to yours, which has been, I think, our experience for most of this. If you're having a hard time, I'm doing pretty good and can be kind of solid. If I'm having a hard time, you're doing pretty good and can give us the reminders. We've been pretty consistently complimentary in that respect. But also, this is maybe the bigger gift that is just the grace of Oliver, that basically he is most of the time not the child who's dragging us down to 5%. So I just have so much compassion for parents, A, whose just child is challenging on a number of levels for whatever reason, none of which is their fault. And particularly for parents who like marriage is tough in the midst of parenting. Because I just, I just get it. I, w- I was having a conversation with someone on Wednesday night. And he was just observing, you know, we have to have grace for each other right now. We all do. And it's so true. But my observation to him was, yeah, but when my emotional reserves are down to zero, it's very hard for me to have grace for other people. So it's so true that you have to have grace, but it's so hard to do when you just don't have energy. So, so much more compassion for people who they have kids and it doesn't get easier. I mean, you in some sense bring your marital habits along with you, but where things just get hard because it's just, yeah, all these additional layers. I feel like I I got that in a new way, I feel like this week. And a good reminder, I think that our marriage is something we need to keep working on. I always remember this quote from Shauna Nequest. I can't remember if it was in one of her books or not, but she talks about how she views her marriage as there's always potential that they could get a divorce because if you say oh we're so in love we'll never get a divorce it's very easy to lax on the work that you put into your marriage and I think yeah I was reminded of that this week and we don't know what the future with Oliver is like and yes for the most part he's really easy right now but who knows what life could throw at us and so how important it is to build that up and work on those things now so that when challenges come we are ready as yeah. much as possible. I also just want to say, this is a little bonus take for you all. Friday morning was tough for me watching Oliver here at home. But then I just decided at lunch to go and get McDonald's. I had a way better afternoon. So I'm not going to say McDonald's will fix your marriage and your parenting and all that. But it definitely won't. Clarification. I mean, causation and co- correlation is not causation. But it did feel like, you know, there was some relationship between those things for me. My counselor always says. How are you doing some self-care this week? And if that's self-care for you, that's okay. It was it was on Friday for sure. Wow. I feel like we just kind of podcast vomited our week. We did. You know, listener, wipe yourself off after listening to this. Thank you for letting us unload. Thanks for letting us unload. We're grateful for all of you. We're really grateful to get to do some of this journey with you it means a lot when we hear from you and when you say you're enjoying it or you're looking forward to it that really touches us so thanks for coming along being patient with us enjoying the ride giving us grace giving us grace as we try to give each other grace too on that note i'm matt i'm rachel and friends that's your tim's take <laughs>